Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of uh, Innovation Ecosystem, uh, Innovation Ecosystems are packed. Uh, today talking about uh, international growth or inter internationalization, a difficult word. Uh, and here today, actually, uh, two people from the same company, which we, which is new, uh, but they will of, uh, of course explain why that is. Um, uh, we have Gernot from, um, uh, yeah, from Austria. Yes. From uh, close to Vienna. Yeah. Uh, and Florent from France. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I think it's interesting to, to, yeah, before I mention the company and all the things like, yeah, starting with you, how did you get here? Well, I was on my way to Paris and then I took a wrong uh, turn. That's actually the, the, the honest answer. My girlfriend was living in Paris, uh, I was living in Vienna and we both were looking for a way to live together. And suddenly Amsterdam came into play. Um, I had the chance to join a really cool company back then. We grew immensely into, I think, 17 new markets. And uh, I got on board and me and my girlfriend, we moved actually then to Amsterdam. And since then we're in the Netherlands. Cool. And, and how, how did we grow? Well, we grew started shortly after. Um, Florent and me, we met at that company and discovered that actually the topic of international growth is most, mostly always broken. So it's really hard to scale international. This is kind of one of the biggest hurdles for growth and also chances for death of a company actually, which is uh, horrible. And that's why we set out to change that and make it easier for companies and founders to succeed internationally. So, and you traveled through Berlin or how to get there? Oh, no, no, France. Uh, France, to start. Brussels, yeah. Um, so, I, I lived and worked in eight countries uh, between Singapore, yeah. uh, Morocco, Finland, uh, in Italy, and so on. And somehow, I don't know why, <coughs> but I always end up in the Netherlands. I left three times in the Netherlands and three times came back because I found um, this country has a lot of um, advantages mm -hmm. in terms of easiness to do business, but also very open-minded and um, to, to, you can actually do a lot here. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, th I find this is the best combination. And coming back to what Gerno said, <coughs> we worked a lot with the startup and scale-up to launch new markets um, all over Europe. Huh? And we found out that it's really not easy. Um, <coughs> then we build up a clear experience how to do, how to do this over a decade. And we were wondering, okay, who can benefit the most from this experience? So we saw a um, um, study from Deloitte mm -hmm. 2017 that said that 0.4% of the startup make it as a scale-up. And we were, we were, when we looked at that uh, figure, we said, how about we make it 4%? What kind of an impact we could create mm -hmm. to the economy um, to create <coughs> direct jobs and indirect jobs? And it's really about know that international expansion journey has a lot of traps uh, but they can be avoided if you know what to do if you've been there before mm -hmm. and if you get prepared yeah. but, and, and if you look at the Netherlands like you yeah you said like three times back it's a nice country open I think maybe the same for you so what would you say about the Netherlands related to inter, inter international growth or is it a good country uh, to to it's a very good country why because First, you, looked at, you have to look at the historical culture, right? You are a country of trade. Um, you know, Amsterdam mm -hmm. and the Netherlands, I mean, we are in, sitting in the, in the harbor of Rotterdam, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so one, two, from a cultural perspective as well, you are super straightforward. You know where you stand. If the product is not good, you will tell me. So it's a great way to learn very fast what works and what doesn't. Yeah. 
to iterate, you iterate very fast. But are we good at growing companies international? You could get better, yeah. I think. Um, but, but, but yes, you are good already, I did, think. Did we lose it over time? Because no, I don't think so. But you know, like um, just by, if you look at the pure market size of the, the Dutch market, you gotta go international really fast. So this is what we actually see is sometimes an advantage of Dutch companies because they are forced to do this early. Mm -hmm. It's the same in the, let's say, in the, in the Danish ecosystem or Sweden or other rather smaller markets. You gotta do this early. Not too early, otherwise uh, complicated, but earlier than, let's say, if, if you start your company in France or in Germany, for example. So that gives you a bit of a head start. Challenge is not to lose it in that kind of second valley of death uh, in, after the first initial growth, um, that you then actually make this sustainable mm -hmm. on the long run uh, and don't burn too much money while doing it. Yeah. So what does WeGrow do? <laughs> Good bridge. Thanks, Martin. So we help in, in that whole process. Um, we help around market, talents and capital for international expansion. So we help to figure out which markets make sense. Are you ready to actually do it? Then we build go-to-market plans and we help to execute it. When I speak about execution, we can jump in and really do it hands-on with the companies to bridge a couple of months to deliver the, the first successes. We help them to find talents also in this regard and look at how to build the organization to make it successful on the long run, implement playbooks, etc. And in between, if there is a need for fuel, equal capital, then we can also help them and connect them with investors. And, and your clients, are they mainly, I would say, Dutch startups and scale-ups or is it? No, <coughs> it started from the Netherlands, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So we started bringing Dutch companies to the French market and the German-speaking markets. And then <clears throat> we got requests from French companies, Austrian companies, American companies, you know, help us to go to that market. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we built a methodology mm -hmm. uh, to ans that answer all those questions in a very pra pragmatic way. <clears throat> and today we, I would say half of our clients are Dutch, mm -hmm. going to other markets in Europe, States and so on. And the other half is companies from all over the Western Europe, uh, the, the States, uh, we have even have uh, some clients in Asia now <coughs> that are coming to mostly Europe. But uh, it's basically that process is usually the same. Um, it's always the same question that come back. It's just the sequence and adapting it to the very unique situation of the entrepreneur. Because yeah. we don't copy paste projects uh, recipe. We just really listen with our two years to the challenge of the entrepreneur and the company and where, what, are, what are their ambitions. Because what is um, different about that approach, um, if you look at compared to other, like there, I think already, as long as I'm busy in, in uh, working in an ecosystem and looking at expansion of companies, then it's like a lot of companies are saying, yeah, we support in, in an international growth or creating a strategy, yeah. But what, what, what is the main difference, right? What makes what, us different, yeah. yeah. In, in that couple of things I would say. One is uh, the experience. Um, and this is not just experience of uh, Florent and me, but uh, we are a network of 100 people with a core team of 12 people in Amsterdam, Berlin, Paris, London. So this really helps. So we're deeply rooted in those ecosystems. Um, we have the boots on the ground, we have the eyes on the ground, we have the ears on the ground, so we understand those markets. So it's everything around experience. We have a clear process uh, so we can avoid the, the biggest pitfalls and mistakes that can slow you down. Um, and we're very practical. 
I think it's, it's not, you know, just on a strategy level, but we really thrive by results and seeing then those companies grow. That is satisfaction for us. So um, also that kind of co-entrepreneurial view, I think, can, can really add a lot of uh, value and fun also to the projects. And on the long run, it, it makes us happy if we see the companies grow and also the people in the companies grow. So we don't hold back with our know-how. We give them all the tools, all the framework and kind of train their internal muscle memory so they can do it market after market after market by themselves in the end. So that's, that's kind of our mission. We want to impact 100,000 founders in the international uh, expansion journey. Um, so we're getting there. Because, yeah, where are you, would you say? We are close to 2,000. Okay, well, yeah. 2%. There's an internal joke about this, so <coughs> but it's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, because what's the joke now? No, it's... Gano uh, <coughs> is always very creative. So, uh, but yeah, absolutely. So, then talking about the process, right? So I know it's per company, it's it's a different type of uh, how you approach. But maybe what what would would you say are the main the key points where maybe it goes wrong if other companies do it, or you say, well, this is really the mm -hmm. uh, the main steps that you need to take. So <clears throat> first, you should try, of course. Uh, we see most of the companies always go, land, and then try to figure it out or copy-paste what they know from the home market that you know, has been a, a tremendous success maybe in the Netherlands or wherever. Uh, but that <coughs> will get you so far, right? Uh, that's number, number, number one. Two, um, the people that you're going to go to approach in other markets, maybe in your home market everybody knows you, but when you go outside, no, you, nobody has heard of you. So you really, really need to invest in A-level people mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> because they will carry you your growth in the next markets. Um, and then I think there's so many aspects that can go wrong, but the two others that come right away to mind is you always need to plan for more time and more budgets yep. because this is something, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yep. Um, and the other thing is cultural differences. Uh, this is one aspect that is always missed um, interpreted and misunderstood, <clears throat> but that can make or break a market uh, very, very quickly. So mm -hmm. this is really un important to think. I always ask the question, who needs to adjust to who? If you go to Japan, do you yeah. need to adjust to the Japanese or do they need to adjust to you? Yeah, I think simple answer. Yeah. So that's, that's understanding the, the, the perspective where you go is, is essential. Yeah. And for that, we use a lot of validation touch points with the potential customers or partners okay. that will feed information from the market that you have the right information to base your strategy or your action plans, um, <coughs> not pushing, but basically listening and find the right combination to go. What we created here is, is kind of a, a thinking model. We call it the, the MVM, Minimum Viable Market, kind of from the MVP way of thinking, right? Uh, and it's, it's those iteration, validations, learning into the market, you incorporate that again into the, your go-to-market, adjust maybe a little bit, and that will make you successful and not the classic waterfall way of thinking, right? Yeah. We have a plan, we did a bit of research, now we have a plan, then we execute it, and 18 months later, we know, did we win or did we lose? Yeah. So you got to keep that ball rolling and, and adjust. Because, yeah, I can imagine there are different types of companies, right? Different kinds of strategies. For example, we did, from a research perspective, we looked at uh, Justy Takeaway. 
Mm -hmm. they have the, maybe a different type of inter international growth strategy, right? So they take over or they merge with other mm -hmm. uh, uh, mar or uh, competitors or uh, I would say partners in those countries. Um, um, do you also see like, um, is there, did you say, well, I think that that is maybe an outlier in terms of how they did it, or is, is it a feasible strategy if you could uh, uh, manage it? I think the answer is not yes or no, black or white. It can be a feasible strategy, especially if the market is already saturated, yeah. right? So you can invest millions into trying to get your competitor out of it or millions in taking them yeah. over, yeah. right? It's, it's yeah. a matter of negotiation and, and math in the end. Um, what we usually not advise is to only build your organization or expansion strategy on a buy strategy. Yep. So what, what we often execute is buy and build mm -hmm. in combinations. We help them to find the targets to take over and have a contingency plan and kind of a organic growth next to it. And uh, that works, yeah. definitely. So, so how much time, because you say it takes twice the budget and the time, how much time would it, would it take to to I would say have a have a decent business, right? Doesn't that need have to be the same as in, in the let the home market, but how much time would, would it take? What's your ambition? Depends on your ambitions sure. and the means that you yeah. have. I mean <coughs> it's you know um, some some companies they, they must win I don't know the German market mm -hmm. because if yeah. you win this one eventually they will become the leader worldwide but their field. Yeah. Some companies that just need to be, you know, seen uh, exactly. in, yeah. in various places. So <clears throat> the time question is, is always a bit of a, is what's behind the question. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, we always look at when we decide to work with, with clients, okay, how ambitious are they? How, what's their mindset? Are, do they have a growth mindset? Are they humble mm -hmm. and coachable? Yeah. Uh, do they have a good team around them? Do they have traction? And the most important is do you have that capacity to learn how to learn? Exactly. If yeah. you have that, yeah. okay, we're going to be a great team and you're going to be successful. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so time, it depends. If you, if you have a 5 million funding and, I don't know, three or four people in your team, yeah. uh, we can go super fast. Yeah. Uh, the feedback that we always get, um, besides the structure and the um, everything that Diano yeah. mentioned, is that we are very, very fast. So within a time window of four to six weeks, we can get to where should you go in Europe. We can get to an action plan in terms of go to market for the French market or the German market or whatever market. So yeah, the time is related to your ambitions and yeah. where, where you want to bring it. Yeah. Yeah. That also to, to take over add here, I think in another bottleneck is often when, when you speak about time, once you know where to go, right, but then to find the right yeah. people. Maybe if you need a country manager or a senior guy in Germany, in France or somewhere, um, that's also where we can help. We often see that this topic is tackled way too late. So you lose three months, six months, nine months, even 12 months. Sometimes if you make the wrong hire, that sets you back compared to your competitor yeah. drastically. You burn a lot of money. So um, if you can tackle also the talent side next to the market side, I think that is a really winning combination. And again, I bring it back to what we do, like market, talent, and then also capital. Because if you figure those out, have traction with the right people, well, hey, here comes your next uh, funding round. Sure. Yeah. I have a <clears throat> we have a very good example right now of a client that we've helped this uh, last summer. They just announced yesterday that they are going to officially to launch in, in the Netherlands. 
Zen job, maybe you heard about them. It's basically, you know, temper. Yeah. Well, Zen job might be a little bit better. Uh, <clears throat> so it's a super fast growing scale up from Germany. Yeah. Um, they did all their research. They identified the Netherlands as a very pivotal market for their European growth. And we helped them with the preparation. Yeah. And it took um, almost nine months before they announced the official launch. Yeah. But now they announced it, they are ready, yeah. <coughs> they already have success. Yeah. So, yeah. You so you supported them with also local people that could, right, as a senior uh, whatever account manager or... Uh, yeah, what we did is we helped them to form um, an ID. Mm -hmm. to, we need to go to the Netherlands, we prepare them in terms of research to map out what's the positioning, what are the pains in the market, where do they, should they go, um, how do they position themselves, because this is quite a crowd, crowded uh, marketplace here yeah. in this field. Um, <clears throat> so what's, what's the space for them, and what, what kind of a angle should they have in the market? And that took a while, but now they are ready, they have a team, they have some successes, yeah. and if they crack this one, they will become the European player. Yeah. Um, so going back to the time, well, they did their research, they were ready, they are yeah. prepared, and then now yeah. time will tell if, yeah, yeah, if they are successful, yeah. of course. But it's really well invested because it could be a, a bit of a springboard to yeah. the rest of uh, Europe. Because how, how do you, would you say, compare the, I would say, um, uh, the things that you need to do before you can go to a, to a country to compared to at that moment when you're there, you take yeah. some, right, I would say small steps and then uh, how, how would you see that? Well, this is super often underestimated what's actually needed, yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, we're both entrepreneurs or like three entrepreneurs yeah. sitting on the table. Um, our tendency would probably more often be, let's jump in, right? Let's yeah. get going, let's let's see results, let's get moving, right? And we see this, this is often a couple of critical steps are just not taken. Mm -hmm. let's, let's, let's say how it is. And then uh, companies get stuck in markets because they haven't done their research they haven't talked with people there, they haven't connected to experts, to local ecosystems, they have not found a local product market fit yeah. and they launch with a proposition that is actually not right for that market or the market is not right for the proposition, right? So this can be easily avoided. It's a couple of weeks, maybe two months, sometimes four, maybe six, but that's already on the, on the longer end. So you can do a lot of things that can help you to win time later and be actually long-term successful. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's also what, is that also, I would say, one of the, ah, maybe not the success factor, but at least one of the factors, the pitfalls, right, that you take mm -hmm. away, mm -hmm. right? Definitely. That's also, I think, what you said in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. We had a client, they were, they were looking at Denmark, yeah. and uh, we did the research together, and we said, don't go. Don't go, yeah. And <clears throat> the CEO came with a bottle of champagne saying, you saved me yeah. millions, yeah, yeah. thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he didn't pay us millions, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's basically what we yeah. do. Yeah. Sometimes we also... You know, when there's no fit, yeah. um, go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so di different topic. Yeah. A little bit more, uh, I would say, uh, on the edge. Uh, we see a lot of uh, government-funded programs <laughs> for internationalization and stuff like that, especially also RVO does uh, stuff like that. Let's uh, start the question with how you look at that support, uh, I would say structure, and I mean that uh, coming from a yeah, I would say government organization, right? And they probably mean, want to do some good stuff, but how do you, what is your... I think the, the answer is very simple, you know. It's good that those initiatives exist. 
Because if uh, a government, and not just the, the Dutch government, but also other governments and also the European Union, if they help young entrepreneurs, young companies in their growth process beyond the borders, I mean, this is something that I would totally um, mm -hmm. sign anytime. So this is good. Um, it kind of kickstarts an ecosystem. It can help. Um, we often work together with those parties all over Europe. Yeah. We kind of plug into those networks. We work with different embassies, yeah. with different delegations in the different markets. Uh, that helps also and allows us to uh, get certain information or sometimes um, help companies to land software in the market. Um, so I think it's, it's great that all those yeah, networks but exist. But sometimes they also do, they say we will support you landing in a specific country, right? Mm. And then maybe that support that they provide, you can imagine also based on the story, right, what you told, it's like, yeah, maybe that also um, makes, the, makes, yeah, makes it go, go to a failure and therefore have a sort of a negative result on that startup or scale-up before, because they yeah. didn't follow that maybe the, a, a, another process or I'm not saying that your process is uh, the, the one that everybody should use. <laughs> maybe uh, <laughs> they should, but if you know what I mean, like, yeah. Um, or or the, the, don't you see that really as, as an issue? So yeah, that's just also part of uh, for, go. Yeah, For me, the answer is, <clears throat> um, that's always what I say, but one, one last two years. Mm -hmm. Let's use them in the right proportion. Yeah. So if you are a founder, we need to pay extra attention yeah. to listen to your needs. Because at the end, we are here, here to help you. Um, so we need to accommodate and find the best way to answer your questions, not the other way around. Um, <clears throat> so if, as long as we do this, if you're a public organization or a private company mm -hmm. or whatever, yeah. we add value. Okay. All right. So. Um, yeah, going back, like I think that what what you said is there's a lot of other initiatives also supporting companies uh, to to go abroad and and to support them there. I think um, what would be if you look at it from um, I would say maybe European perspective, because for example we also do the European Scale Up Monitor. We we publish that every year. Well, we do it one time, but every year. Um, um, yeah, it's strange because actually we look at it from the Netherlands and Germany and Austria as, a, as an ecosystem on itself. But Europe is for the US is like one market. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. that's also their misinformation. But you know what I mean? Like, how would you see that in terms of the the, the strategy? Like, is it different uh, going to to let's say a European country or going to the US or China in terms of the process? Or do you say yeah, there are different countries, so yeah, it doesn't matter if you go to the US or Germany. It's you will probably have the same issues. Or is the ecosystem more connected than we think, maybe? Well, it's a couple of questions that you, that you raise here, but uh, it's not a black and white answer, right? So um, what is for sure is Europe is super fragmented. So that's a plus, but also a minus. Uh, but if you start internationalizing here as a European company, uh, maybe your aspiration level is US, maybe Asia, right? But most, mostly you need to take your first steps here in Europe. But that also means you as an organization learn how to do that. So the first market will be a learning market. The second one will go faster. The third one will be a huge success, hopefully. And maybe the third one is the US. Maybe the third one is uh, then already Japan, China, Singapore, wherever you want to land. Um, so it helps actually European companies. They are earlier ready and have that toolkit and also with all the talents that, I mean, in this case, the Netherlands is wonderful for that, right? Because you have so many international talents to leverage that into a European, US, Asian expansion. Whereas what we see sometimes with US companies, 
they see Europe as one market, yeah. and that's already a cardinal yeah, yeah. sin. This is this is this this yeah. this doesn't work, yeah. right? So we sometimes come in then and help them to understand the local colors from the different markets, and that can you can immediately see this in conversions from e-commerce or sales in B2B um, that will go up yeah. when they understand the markets. Yeah. So would you say it's different going to from an, a Dutch company to uh, France or Germany? I know that's already two different types of countries. Uh, or going to the US or to Japan? Or do you say yeah, that totally depends on <laughs> your company, what you want? Or is it easier to go to a European country? <clears throat> Nothing is easy. No. Um, it's a process. Um, I think it, it's for me the, the 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 means is important. If you go to the US with the 50k, you won't yeah. go too far, no. right? Mm. Uh, same with Japan. Yeah. It's completely super different market. Um, I, I but, think but with 50k, you you can go to Germany. You would say um, you can start. You can start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can can't take you far. Yeah. Okay, no, rather not. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the yes, Europe is more complex, um, mm -hmm. so it's fragmented and so on. But at the same time, we expose we expose. So I'm answering your question mm -hmm. from a different angle. <laughs> we expose with so many different um, market challenges that you can learn uh, so much from all those challenges, and your proposition makes it richer. Uh, where an American company will come with big funding, push to the market, but they will go. And we see so many SaaS companies from the States and Silicon Valley, they have big budgets. Yeah. <clears throat> they hire a lot of people at the beginning and eventually they won't make it after one or two years because those sales people, they go somewhere else. Yeah. If you are looking for sustainable growth, it's about listening to the needs of those yeah. markets, create a deep connection and then build it up from there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think um, Europe is a fantastic, fantastic place to to do that, yeah. and um, if you're looking to the States or Japan or wherever, you need to get this, this uh, larger rounds of capital uh, to, to go. Yeah. yeah. So uh, again, overall, eh, not per se, maybe I know company specific uh, eh, needs and, and what is the best strategy, but uh, you, yeah, you hear a lot, there's a lot of also connections with the US, Silicon Valley, but also eh, Boston and uh, uh, just the entire East Coast, New York. It's, um, there's a lot of times like, yeah, you need to expand from the Netherlands right away to the US, right? Uh, compared to maybe, and I, I'm filling the gaps in, like maybe, yeah. yeah, or you learn what, you, what you're saying, like if you also do Germany, Belgium, France, whatever, Italy, and then you learn there and you, you learn that you actually get, you, I think that you get the skill in the company, right, to, to, exactly. to expand. And yeah. with, with that skill, it becomes easier to, right, to go to alter, also different yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. It, it depends on the situation, like, um, you know, Harvard, um, Barents, the, Harvard is a uh, <coughs> great scale-up from the Netherlands. They went first to the US mm -hmm. because they said, we, we want to be market leader in our field, so if we have to fail fast, learn fast, yeah. let's go to the yeah. US and then we, 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 we know. Yeah. We, we, we're going to be the first yeah. in this field. And that's what they did. Yeah. And they are now a global company because they took that strategic move. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, so it's a, it's a good question what you're asking. It depends on the on the on the situation of the company and the market in in this field. Um, that's what I would say. I mean, look, sometimes it's already a big step to go to Belgium. Oh yeah, it's for, totally for different market. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Exactly. We 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 had that with uh, one of our clients, 
And there was one person in the management team, very experienced in doing business in Belgium, and he said to his colleagues, he said then, look, it is right in front of our doorstep, but it feels a thousand kilometers away if you do business there. So it can be challenging to go to Belgium or to Germany or to France or to the US or to Asia. Those are all challenging steps, but if you understand the markets better, if you have the right funds, if you have the right people on board um, and can stomach it as, a, as an organization already, yeah. then just go wherever it makes sense. Cool. Nice. I think we also have a question from uh, one of the startups. Hi guys, my name is Michael Steinmann and I'm working as entrepreneur in residence with the Startup Studio Builders here in Rotterdam. I would like to ask our experts from WeGrow, who by the way are fabulous on the topic of internationalization, when would you guys say is the right moment to go abroad? And here I'm curious mainly about three areas, like the first one is around data and validation. What type of data should be available? What should be looked at? What type of validation should be done before committing to a new market? Second one is around metrics. What are the related metrics that you recommend to really hit internally as a team, but perhaps also in the product before committing to a new market? And the last one is around funding. What are the biggest ticket items that typically get overlooked? And what kind of budget should be available before committing to a new market in the first place? And the reason for my question is that I have, during my time in Housing Anywhere and uh, Study Portals, seen so many startups and scale-ups going too fast too early, uh, realizing that they have taken on too much, burned a lot of cash, and then scaling back again. So I hope you guys sharing a couple of insights will help all of us move forward smarter. So thanks for sharing, and good luck scaling. <laughs> so good question, right? Um, yeah. It's all about timing. What kind of data should you look at? Um, the metrics to look at, funding, budget. Okay. So I think timing, what we see often, companies are not ready, but it really depends on the scale. So um, we typically do a growth readiness check. How, re how ready are they for international mm -hmm. growth? We look at everything around the product, team, commercials, funding, strategy, and benchmark that against all the 150 projects that we did in the in the last 24 or 36 months and that kind of ranks them where they still need to improve so this is really important for them to understand because then companies still have the time to fix things yeah. before going international and scaling all their problems with them then it's really harder to tackle um, i think in terms of data it's good to look at the market as such right so how big is the market how fast is it growing what kind of competition is there? What do you perceive as competition? So that's a different question. Yeah. Uh, what kind of pricing level can you actually call for? Because that makes the market more attractive or less. And I think a, a topic often underestimated, what kind of regulations? So depending on the vertical uh, industry, this is really important to understand. So that's the data, but also combined with a more qualitative view from the market um, to ask people, potential buyers, to, to, to learn from them, what would they need, how do they reflect on your proposition, what are they missing, what kind of USBs do you need to highlight. And if you merge both into a go-to-market, quantitative and qualitative, that gives you a head start. Sure. Yeah. Right, and metrics, in terms of how would you measure the, <coughs> if you're doing a good, I think that's maybe the question I know, I would inter interpret yeah. it like that. Um, so. How much demand is, the, is in the market where you want to go? 
And if you know any e-commerce, you can test with the landing page yeah. and you know put a small budget and then see right away if it picks up, yes or no. Uh, that's the, the beauty of e-commerce, right? You can really test right away. Yeah. I mean, we had a <coughs> another client, but a, a closer friend, so to say. He went to, was it Colombia or Argentina? And then he tested with a fake campaign. Yeah. Uh, and then he saw, okay, there was a big market for him. And he decided to go. Yeah. Uh, those are quick, uh, yeah. quick, uh, hacks to, 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 but at the end of the day, it's, do you get incoming requests already without not being there? Exactly, yeah. Um, <clears throat> are your clients bringing you to the market? Because yeah. that's the best way to do. Like we have a client, they are from the Netherlands. One of their clients say, we are in Paris as well. We want your service. Then nice. you are yeah, then yeah, in yeah, the French yeah. market. Yeah. So you don't this, need to is, do this is actually always also how we change the mindset um, of the entrepreneurs is, what do you have that you can leverage yeah. to get you there? Exactly. The other day I was on the phone with a Danish entrepreneur um, <clears throat> and I made him realize that he was already in the German market because yeah. he had 10 clients in Germany yeah. that yes. are Danish yeah. companies yeah. that also have operations yeah. in Germany uh, and are using yeah. his services. Yeah. So um, how much demand is there already from your clients that want your services yeah. so exactly yeah. yeah yeah so that's also i would say uh, how do you that's how you can fill your your growth strategy right yeah. so how you can sort of yeah, what you say leverages almost it's mm -hmm. yeah and that's pretty i don't know if it's cheap but because i think that was also the question like yeah how much how did i funding but or how much money or or what could you think about the the um uh, yeah i don't know the investment that, that you need to make because in this case it's it's less right or it's because you just bring yeah your sometimes, <clears throat> so I, I give you another story or client example, not client, but one of our previous company that I work with, Sociomantic, they sold for uh, three digit uh, million to yeah. Tesco economy, uh, bootstrapped, and what they did extremely well, they piggybacked the growth of Zalando yeah. worldwide. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> they are in Berlin, Zalando from Berlin, yeah. they will launch in Brazil yeah. with the local brand, we will manage the technology from, from Berlin, then when it was a success, they will go to Brazil, hire a lo local country manager, tap into the network of that person, yeah. build up an office, and then they went to Brazil. Exactly. Yeah. So if you understand your clients' drivers yeah. and where do they want to go, or your partners, then you can go, go with just them. behind yeah. them or, or with them. And that is, you know, it's way better than just estimate, okay, this is exactly. going to be... Uh, yeah. Yeah. It be, and would, is that also maybe a strategy where you say, you know what, uh, I think it's also interesting before we go to a German market or Danish market, whatever, we, we look if we can sell to from the Netherlands to sure. that yeah. company no. just Absolutely. to get, uh, right? Absolutely, you know, it can be a, a staged approach where you test markets and, and de-risk your market expansion and see, okay, does it make sense to get initial traction? Okay, if, if that is uh, checked, then let's invest into people on the ground. Okay, check, then we open an office and so on, and you grow in a more phased approach into a market than just a yes or no binary de decision. And with that also goes your budget, right? Yeah. So you need maybe a little bit less budget at the beginning, but in the end you need to have enough pockets and maybe you can already fuel it from market growth. Um, or not, but it's good to have a kind of stop-loss strategy in that, kind of uh, affordable loss. Yeah. So how much can you actually invest into a new country 
without going belly up. Exactly. So that, that, that's a bit the principle, right? Without uh, destroying the rest of your company or jeopardizing the rest of your company, do you need one million, two, five, ten, maybe, um, that you need to reserve for it and have clear milestones yeah. and, and moment of truth. And this is often hard as an entrepreneur or like as an expansion manager because you invest a lot of hard yeah, blood, yeah. sweat yeah. and tears and everything into a market. So it's easy then to say, yeah, you know what, let's, Let's spend a little bit more. Let's yeah, wait a little bit, bit longer. longer. And sometimes it's just also um, brutal, yeah. but better and healthy if you just uh, you know, cut your losses, cut losses yeah. and that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've worked with companies that had to do that. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was then really good to work with those founders because they had experienced it. They, they, had, they had unfortunately burned their fingers in, in markets and knew they were too early. They didn't have enough budget. And then they were super open to work together with us and coachable and, and thankful also that we could help them then for the next markets. Okay. So that was good. So how about your own international growth? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> what I said before, um, we, we listen to our clients and then uh, wherever they need us, we, we grow with them, right? So, so far it brought us to Berlin, Paris, uh, because those are clearly also a little bit our background too. Yeah. Um, but we, we use a lot of the community that we have around us. We call it the WeCrew. Um, so it's basically 100 professionals all over Europe and ex- further to, um, to listen to, to those market needs as well. To, and to, we win a lot of projects like this too. Uh, so that's, uh, that's how we do it. And with that, I think it's also good to understand and that that's a bit also a topic, right? ecosystems, local ecosystems, this is extremely important for us. Yeah. So we all come from different uh, backgrounds, different ecosystems. Here is a French speaker, German speaker, native Austrian, but the people that we have on board, I think in our core team, we are seven or eight or maybe even nine different nationalities. Mm-hmm. And they all have a network. They're, they're, they come from local ecosystems. And with those hundred experts on top, that's very strong. Um, we just finished a, a program in the Austrian ecosystem. It was really nice to see, for me as an Austrian, obviously also giving back to, yeah. to my home ecosystem where I kind of grew up professionally. Um, so we helped eight startups in eight weeks to prepare for the international expansion together with the Chamber of Commerce there. Yeah. They, they invited us to do that. And that's fun for us to give back also to the ecosystems. We do the same in Denmark. We do the same in some parts of Germany. And uh, that's really nice to see also for us as an internationalization strategy. We, are, we happen to be here yep. in the Netherlands and Berlin, Paris, but we are a European yeah, company. Exactly, yeah. So it doesn't really matter. It's just like your work is here and you work already with an international network. So I think that yeah, your growth strategy would be more in adding to those people, right? And it doesn't matter where they are in, in those companies. But would you say, it would be really cool if we can have whatever more US companies land successfully uh, mm-hmm. in, in the US or have more whatever Asian companies landing in, uh, in, in Europe? Yeah, I think for Asian companies, it's, it's often a bit harder even because cultural distance is, mm-hmm. is, is perceived further. Um, US companies, yes. This is, I mean, and the Netherlands is perfect for it as a, as a land and expand pad. Um, we work with a couple of them. Yeah. Um, we help a, a company in the French market, in the Dutch market, yeah. and the demand is growing and growing. So, yeah, would you say, is there any, then that's maybe the question, is there any particular where you say, yeah, I think that's, oh, let's rephrase. 
Is there, uh, would you say, a market where you said, wow, that, that would be really great if those kinds of markets are, uh, markets are open so those companies can go to maybe from China to the US or from the US to whatever, India, or would you say, well, there's the biggest maybe yeah, added value to, to be made because uh, uh, yeah, those markets could be missed out. Yes, yes and no. I think um, if you look at the Asian market, it's highly attractive in terms of market size. But there are certain regulations in some of those markets, and you said one of them, like China, right? Um, it's really hard to open a foreign entity there. Yeah. Or if you have to close it down, it's really hard to close it down. It costs yeah. you extra money. Um, that makes it maybe less attractive. But if you make it in some of those markets, yeah. or if you want to be present there, um, sure. Yeah. All right. Any last, I would say, remarks or things that, well, maybe we didn't uh, catch up on that, but it would be nice to to get that message across can be also a story about international expansion is 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 not easy at the same time there's so much fun so much you know you can prepare as well and would always be a little bit different from what you know but that capacity to learn how to learn what I what I highlighted before when you have that as an organization the organization itself sustaining right it, it works by itself yeah. and you will always learn because you will be exposed to different market uh, challenges yeah. and then if you are if you have the capacity to to let your team learn to to cope with this this yeah. is amazing i've seen it several times within companies as an employee and when you are when we are able to do this with clients this is you know it's a superstar team you know yeah. and that is <clears throat> what also people feel the clients the partners and so on and why this company or this product is uh, unbeatable so I would really emphasize on that learning mechanism internally. Yes. Because yeah. if you are able to do that as a founder and your team is able to do that together with you, yeah. then you're becoming very strong. Mm. No matter where you go, you're becoming very strong. Yeah. That connects a bit to, uh, and I want to add what, what Florent said here, one of our core values is actually we learn. So at WeGrow, we learn. So this is really uh, ingrained in all the people that we attract but also what we want to share with others and hence bring it back to an ecosystem. Um, we don't perceive so much competition, but it's more like room, how can we work together, right? In, in the spirit of helping entrepreneurs, helping other founders, help each other out within different markets. And what I personally find very motivating is I learn every day working with inspirational founders. Yeah. I learn from them, but I can also share our learnings with them. I see the people, around us, working with us in our own teams or at the companies. They learn from us, but also they grow. Um, and that is really satisfying. And that kind of brings it back to why we founded the company. Mm -hmm. So you have experts sitting in front of us, but yeah. also founders. And yeah. that's one of our core values. So um, I think this is also thank you for, for inviting us, because then yeah. we can share that with everyone. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, great insights. I think there are some great lessons also to, to be learned for other startups and scale-ups to grow. And yeah, uh, also uh, thank you for, I think also nice to discuss, right? Yeah, are, are, what are we doing as an ecosystem uh, towards it? Are, are we doing the right things? Uh, how do we look at uh, from a Europe, uh, European perspective? So again, thanks a lot. And uh, yeah, uh, good luck, I would say. Yeah. Okay, keep, keep on growing. growing. Yes, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I say that every time after. Uh,